Hi, I'm Ed DiOrio, and this is Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest, Ed DiOrio from Channel 9 in Steubenville, WTOV9 for the call letters. Uh, Ed, thank you for taking time. I know it's busy, busy life for you. So to have a day off and, and be able to share it with us, I appreciate it, man. Carlo, I do like to keep myself busy. Uh, but you know what? I, I know what it's like for everybody trying to make it in this industry and how this can be. And I'm always happy to share a story because that's at the end of the day, it's what I like to do. And that's how I got where I got today. So I, I appreciate you uh, asking me on. Absolutely. And that's, that is what we do every week. So let's start 2017. How does a guy from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Hemfield high school find his way down to green County, Pennsylvania and Waynesburg university? Well, you know, I wouldn't say it was an orthodox track, you know, it, it was uh, really a sense of, you know, early high school, I was involved in a lot of things. You know, I was a, uh, I played basketball in high school, not that I was any good or that was going to be a career choice, but, you know, I was in athletics and I also did high school theatrics as well. I was heavily involved with my high school musicals, uh, my fall plays and such like that and other improv groups and things. So I was very theatrically involved in as well. So come freshman, sophomore year of high school and, you know, my parents, I was blessed and lucky enough to have two parents that, you know, just incredibly, incredible job of raising me and my, my older sister, but um, you know, they were getting on me and they were, and rightfully so, and just asked me what I, what I should think about starting to do. And, you know, I, I wasn't really sure. Um, and I was really, before I started looking into communications and, and the media aspect of, of a job sense, uh, I looked into theater. I looked into possibly going into theatrics and it was, well, I like to make the joke that, you know, after looking into it and how serious and cutthroat that industry can be, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can make it. Let's try communications. That's obviously a more stable one. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's it's funny. But um, when I kind of realized that I was just doing theater as a hobby and something mm -hmm. that I, I really just enjoyed and, and not really was going to make try to make money off of or try to make a career out of when I realized that, um, you know, we had a guy in high school. His name was Josh Suzik who was the PA announcer and he was a senior when I was a, either an eighth grader or a freshman. And, uh, and I remember like just watching him and, and, and with all his energy and excitement and he didn't go into the field, but he, he, I was like, huh, that, that seems like fun, but I was on the team. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I, I didn't really think anything of it. And like I said, I didn't play much. So my sophomore year, I was only on junior varsity. So for the varsity games after Josh had graduated, I asked my athletic director or whoever it was at the time that if I could do it. And it started there with public address announcing basketball. Then it turned into them asking me to do junior varsity football and then baseball and softball. And, and I, I think I did soccer and field hockey a few times. And, you know, next thing I knew I was, I was PA announcing everything I could find. And, you know, but the funny thing is too, that was it. Like I, my school, I know some high schools have like a more advanced television set up for their morning announcements and stuff and, and things like that. But my high school really didn't do much of that. So all I did was public address announce and theater. And honestly, those were the two biggest things that helped me develop. Like, I like to think who I am as a communicator today, you know, so it's, it's, I like to think it's an unorthodox route because when I got to Waynesburg, 
um, I, I like to say I was a raw prospect, you know, cause I didn't have a lot of time reading off teleprompters and, and, and going, you know, doing radio shows and, and having the chance to do any of that. Really. The only time I got to do that was at Waynesbridge university's sports broadcasting camp. And but I got to stop you right there. Cause this is no sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. I know. I like to ramble, but no, yeah, no, 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 no. This is the third uh, of this. And I said it to you before we started recording, uh, this has become the Waynesburg pipeline. And it's interesting when you, the, the three of you that I've had on thus far and the guy who hosts the sports camp, the sports broadcasting camp, mm-hmm. that seems to be where a lot of your group that has come through the Waynesburg communication department, it kind of seems that you all went to this camp one way or another, or one time or another, maybe not overlapping you and Jack, uh, Jeremiah, but still that's a common thing here. I'm seeing. Yeah, it is. And I think that's a testament to the man in charge, Lanny for Terry. You know, I know you've had him on here before and, you know, I'm just one of many of his students who have been lucky enough to, to call ourselves that as students, mm-hmm. you know, but, but at the same time, um, you know, some, some kids end up getting closer to Lanny than others, I would think. And that's just, you know, that's, that's, that's whatever, that's how people are. But, you know, I like to think I've gotten very close to him in different ways um, and through different means. But I remember the, that week of camp, you know, and I was with Jeremiah who you've had on uh, previously and, and I didn't meet Jack at that camp, but I met him at Waynesburg because I went to the camp and said, this is where I want to go to school. And this is, I think this is what I want to do. Cause to be truthful, you know, that was that week we were sitting in seminars. We were, we were learning a lot, you know, from one of the best to, to ever do it, at least in, in the Pittsburgh area, if not all of baseball, you know? Um, but, you know, when we were there and we did start doing exercises, doing radio promos, television scripts, television interviews, things like that. It was my first real taste of it, of doing that. Like I said, cause my high school really didn't do anything like that. So this is my first real taste of doing things like that. I was obsessed. I was infatuated with the idea that of thinking like, huh, this, this is another way to let the showman and, and the charisma that I have, I'd like to as humbly as I can say, I like to think that's a great way of translating that outwards, you know, because before theatrics was the way Mm -hmm. for me. Well, and I think that it kind of seems for you specifically, like you said, well, I didn't have the experience reading off a teleprompter or running a promo. No, you had the experience of, Hey, I got to remember these lines because if I don't, uh, there's nobody going to be there with it. It's not like you got a cue card. So for you, I feel like it was a, it was a more natural transition into, Hey, I can do this and I can put my own pizzazz on it. Yeah. And it's a spin because, you know, you in theater, you, you have to play different characters. You know, you can go from like, in my case, I can go from a, um, a, you know, I'm trying to think of a beast that was transformed when he was a kid to mm-hmm. a father of five, um, a, a family Jewish of five. And I'm the fa- father of the breadwinner, everything in between and trying to get past with that. Like that there's the dynamics of, of different characters I think looking back is what makes telling stories that are different in their own respect every day easier for me. I'm not saying it's easy, but it, it it's an easier connection in my mind to say, okay, 
this is a more positive story. We take this angle of it. We, we go with this attitude for it. We tell it this way. This is obviously a more somber story. We have to do this. We go with this route, whatever, because you have to do that with a character when you're playing it. You know, Ed DiOrio can't just be, Ed DiOrio can't be Tevya. Tevya has to be in Ed, or if, if that makes sense. You know, it's just, yeah. it's one of those things where like, I didn't realize how, how much theater would translate into this industry as much as it has for me. And people have told me that because I did theater into college a little bit uh, up until my, the end of my sophomore year. And I, like when my buddies and my friends from within the communications department would come and see the shows after days after they'd tell me and they'd, they'd, they'd say that helps you tremendously. Like that, that's gotta help. And I, and I, you know, I, I agree. I agreed with them. So that's, like I said, an unorthodox way of getting into this, but here I am. And I, and it's really one of the most enjoyable things I've done between athletics, theater, whatever. It's one of the most, it's, if not the most enjoyable thing I, I like to do in for my life. Well, and I, I want to, so now we're, we got you, we're here at Waynesburg. That's your time there. And you just pointed out something again with the three of you. It's a, it's a theme. And I heard Lanny talk about it and we're going to talk more about his class and your, your, your time with him. But this community feeling of Waynesburg, like, so you're telling you, you were in theater, but had like you had guys from your, from the communication department that were, or people from the communication department that wanted to come support you for being involved in it. That, that seems yeah. like kind of a foreign thing for a lot of people in, in 2022. So it's, it's a testament to what Waynesburg's doing. What is it about the, what makes that bond? What is the comm department doing that gets you guys that you're, you're a family? It's the fact that everybody has the same classes with each other. And, you know, when I realized what I wanted to do with my, at least with my college degree mm -hmm. um, and pursue communications with that, obviously Waynesburg wasn't the only school I looked at and there were others. And, and, you know, there were others that definitely had their, their positive aspects to them that maybe Waynesburg didn't seem like they had at least through a week of camp and, and a visit. Um, but I think, and this actually kind of solidified it for me because I, I had worked with a kid that went to Syracuse to do sports, did it. But so I got to ask him all these questions. And basically where I'm going with this is the idea of a small school versus a big school. Waynesburg is a school of 3000, give or take students in total. The comm department is probably between all the sports broadcasting is just broadcasting people and like just journalists, not even counting like the graphic designs and, and, and them like in PR, the broadcast side is probably maybe 50 to 75 people. So like everybody has classes with each other. Everybody sees each other every day. Everybody that's involved enough and does stuff with the campus TV station, the campus radio station, you pass each other and you work with each other in that regard. It's hard not to make friends. If you don't make friends, you're the problem. I don't know what to tell you, but it's you know, not, like it's, it's not like, them, it's you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's, but it's one of those things where, you know, I look back and I'm just like every single day, whether it was, I was doing a TV show, whether it was, I had a class that I didn't like, whatever, there was someone or something to look forward to because of it. And it really makes for community is the best word because we, we all help each other. We all wanted the best for each other. You know, it's, and it's like, I love hearing how much people from Waynesburg do around, not just the Pittsburgh area, but nationwide. We have a lot of people who go out and, and 
really do great work. Mm-hmm. We have some, but we have, we have people as far as, you know, Montana, Wisconsin, Maryland, um, uh, North Carolina. Like it's just, it's crazy how much the reach is for a little school in Southwestern Pennsylvania. Well, and so about that little school in Southwestern Pennsylvania, and we now have the department picture. Now let's talk about the guy that, that you, you said, some people have a better relationship. Jack said that Lanny's very, he's very passionate, but sometimes it can come off as a little um, rough when, because he's so passionate about wanting his students to succeed. What were some of your experiences with him in the comm department? You know, I mean, I like to think that when I first got to Waynesburg and I was talking to the seniors and, and the upperclassmen and they were saying things, you know, or it was like, oh, you're getting to do this for the first time, or oh, you're getting to do this for the first time. And I'm really excited, obviously. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this I'm really looking forward to it. And I was like, okay, cool. And like some of those things that we would do for the first time would be for Lanny's classes. And one of which being like the first time you get to do play by play for a game of, of college ball, which is cool. Yeah. But that's that's his alley. That's that's what you're there to learn from, and that's the best thing that he can teach you. Mm-hmm. And you know. I went in, my first one was basketball and I did rather well with that. I think just because basketball has always been the sport that has been my number one in life. So maybe I just caught onto that quicker. Mm-hmm. So I got a good grade on my basketball play by play for the first one. I was like, okay, I, I, I think we're getting, we're, we're, we're doing all right. We get to the spring, we get to baseball. Not so much. That was, that was a little bit of a struggle for, for me, at least at, at first. Um, I'd like to think I've gotten a lot better since then. And I think Lanny would agree, but you know, the first time I did it, he, he had his, uh, we had our meeting was sit down in our critique session and, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, I wouldn't say mean, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say he was stern he, would be a good stern would probably be the best. Yeah, exactly. So, but a lot of people like you, said i mean and like jack had said a lot of people don't like taking that and and you know what well that's and lanny fine. himself that's said fine. it too he said that's not something that people it, it's you're either going to take that or not and depending on your coaches that you've had i'm sure you've had a coach that did that to you as a basketball player well i said you know yeah absolutely and like i didn't see a difference in that and i think too if I don't know if Lanny does. I don't think he does it with this intent, but I think the rule still applies. Having worked in television now as an on-air personality, if you don't do something good, people will tell you, people will say it on Facebook. People will say it on whatever. And they don't care because they don't know you. Lanny cares because he does know you and wants you to be better. And you got to have thick skin if you're going to do this. And it's, and, and it's, kind of upsetting not not upsetting but it's kind of sad that that's the kind of industry it is but guess what if you're going to put yourself on a pedestal to 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 be out there as we have to be in in the media industry mm-hmm. if you're going to be like that you've got to be able to take what people are going to say about you because you're going to put yourself on that pedestal of a platform and lanny as much as anybody knows that yeah he he hundreds of thousands of people had listened to him over the years he's interacted and, and worked with the likes of Vince Scully and, and and just you know Bob Prince some of the the best announcers to ever grace microphones Lanny has met talked to and worked with mm-hmm. so if that guy wants to tell me what he thinks is best however he wants to say it he can say it to me 
anyway. And that's just, I think that's, that's my mindset. That's what a lot of my buddies, really good friends and really good fellow communicators, such as Jack, such as Jeremiah and such, we all agree on that. Mm-hmm. I think the, and the people that don't agree on that, those are the ones that maybe find different, find out that this just wasn't for them. But guess what? Here's the thing. You know, if, if, if people can't see in that, that, you know, if Lanny Stern teachings at times, if that doesn't like show them, okay, well, maybe Lanny's doing me a good thing by being stern to me, because if I realize I can't take it, maybe I shouldn't be in this. And it lets, they don't get too far without, you know, they don't graduate with a four-year degree and then say, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I want to do this now. What am I supposed to do now? Like, exactly. I don't think there's really many instances of that. So I think for that, it's just another, it's just another feather in Lanny's cap that I don't think he even intentionally has there because he, that's just how he is, but he's helped a lot of people in that regard, not just as a critique for us to get better, but to help kids realize what they should do with their skill set, their personalities and such. Well, and, and you and I pre-show, we there was a specific project I wanted to get into because we had talked about, you know, timing and what do we do? How long does the show run? And I gave you the breakdown of how the how the show broke down. And then you you shared an example. We also had Greg Brown on. You did a pro- class project with him where you interviewed him. You said it was about two hours. And I'm sure for those two hours, you didn't really want it to end. But you also were like, oh, man, I'm going to have a hell of a lot of editing to do on. <laughs> yeah, so what was kidding. that project? So we had to have a final project our senior year of college and called it our practicum project. And, and, you know, everybody had done different things, whether it was a series of interviews with certain people, alumni, whether it was, um, uh, you know, an advancement. I don't know if Jack talked about, about, about his, but an advancement of, you know, the productions of Mm -hmm. our sports for high school and colleges and such the, the projects very much varied. It didn't really, you know, it it was very different for everybody, but I wanted to do something obviously that hadn't been done before, which, you know, you don't, you want to be original. So I'm sitting there, you know, first week of senior year. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what am I going to do for this practical project? Cause I knew it was coming. And I said, what am I going to do? And for some reason, the, the first thing thought that popped into my head was a documentary about Lanny. And I said, I'd never produced anything like that. I've never taken a documentary production class. I've never done anything like that. So let's put that on the back burner for now because it was an idea, but I don't know. Like, let's try to think otherwise and brainstorm some more. I tried, I tried, I tried and nothing, nothing could get past that initial thought of a documentary about Lanny because his story is just tremendous and rich and and just it's the definition of what a, a good story is mm-hmm. the, peaks, the peaks and valleys the, the the highs and lows the it's it's i to this day will say it's the greatest story i've ever told to the, to date and i don't know if it's going to get topped and that's just that's just the amount of time i put into it the mm-hmm. amount of people i was able to con- get to contribute you know i had the like you mentioned greg brown sat down with me for two hours to talk about lanny Lanny t- sat down with two hours to talk to me. Um, no, obviously. And that was just incredible. And, you know, Steve Blass, Jim Leland, you know, getting to meet the likes of those guys was and, and interview them. And, yeah. and not only learn about the man that had me in that position in the first place, but to better myself. 
Mm-hmm. I think I found myself bettering myself because I was interviewing person after person week after week. And you're right. It was a ton of editing. Like I had a few sleepless nights where I, I would stay up 24 straight hours to edit and get mm-hmm. stuff done. But you know, by the end it's, I was so proud of it and so happy with it. I mean, the production value is not great, but I mean, it's, you know, for, for turning it around in two months and Lanny himself, you know, he called me after I showed it to him because I let him see it before I showed it to everybody else, you know, just so he could to, you know, for courtesy reason. And I remember sending him the link, him texting me saying, or saying he was, he was about to watch it. And it's about an hour. It's on YouTube. It's on, it's called no doubt a landing for Terry story. If you want to watch it, I'd appreciate it. Um, but you know, he called me like an hour about an hour later and I could tell he was like choked up and he just said, that was one of the nicest things anybody's ever done for me. And that was the most rewarding thing I've ever felt, you know, that kind of, Cause we all have our self doubts about things and especially myself with this. I always, I self doubt myself all the time with mm-hmm. career choices. Um, you know, am and I the doing industry right? for sure can do that to you, but you know, factor in personal things as well that can. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, self doubt was always there, but when, when I got that call from Lanny that night and, and, and he said that to me and he told, he told me, he goes, he said, I love you for that. That that's, that, that was great. And you know, that, that kind of solidified. I'm like, so I do okay, have to I give, I can do this. I do I have can... to give the guests for the, or the, the audience out there for them to the dunk. Cause last night, obviously I'm just finishing up my stalking research of, sure. of you to make sure I knew what to talk about. No, sure. Um, I did watch it. It is very, it's very strong. It grabs you very, um, it captures him. You're right. It, it just kind of, the peaks, the valleys. He tells the story. Leland and and Greg Brown and and the and the the way that it's put together and the quality doesn't have to be great because the stories are great. You know, you're doing that as a class project, but it's something that will that you know, like you said, Lanny's going to be he's going to hold on to that. And I, and and so for those of you who haven't go check it out. It is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, Carlo. And and it's you know it's something that I I come back to you know because there's there's a lot of values in that story that I learned from with a perspective eye and, and, and that I really, you know, reminds me of things from my family. And, and I'm sure every, I think everybody can at least find something that connects to them in that story, you know, cause I, when I, not, when I finished it and I put it on YouTube and I put it out for everybody to see, I, I was telling all my friends. And when I say all my friends, I mean, all my friends, not just the ones that like sports mm-hmm. because it's not a sports story. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, he's, it's a big part of his life, but it's not his whole life. And the idea of going from where he, where he was to where he went to, to where he dropped to, to where he is now and how many people look up to him, including myself, it's, it's, uh, it, it's the greatest story I've ever told. And I don't know if it's going to be topped, which is saying something considering I was 21 at the time, but you know, it's, I'd be okay with it. Cause I've put so much time and effort into it and I, I was really happy with how it turned out. So, and I don't want to, I don't want to fast forward too far, but we have a couple other sure. things we got to cover. Big wild yeah. things guy, big wild things guy from what I hear. Love, love the things. Big, uh, big fan. There, you were a big guy on the fan for a little bit there. 
as a board op, as a producer. Yeah. I was, I was lucky enough to, to work with those guys at, at, you know, at the fan and my, I actually worked a lot more over on the, the world's first radio station, KDK AM and now FM side. Mm-hmm. Um, so between those two, I mean, stations and just the environment in general, that's a major Pittsburgh market newsroom that I got, I got the pleasure to work with in a year for like a year and a half. And that's, that was tremendous as far as a professional profess from a professionalism standpoint and just setting me up to somewhat have an idea of what I was doing going into my job now. Well, and then the, being the MC, cause that is what you right? You, you MC yeah. kind of the, in between the innings, get everybody back into, or keep everybody kind of involved and engaged. Yeah. Does that come easier to you as well with the, with the theatrical background and, and kind of how did that come about? For sure. Um, you know, it's, it was my first ever internship out of college was I was the MC for the team in 2018. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I loved it then. I had so much fun with it. You know, your, your job is to have fun because if you're not the kids and the, and the families that come won't either. So my job was to have fun, make sure everything was in line and don't mess up on the mic and you'll be good. And, you know, I mess up on the mics to this day and I've been with the team for three seasons now. And, and, you know, but if you do it with energy, you do it with fun, nobody notices and nobody cares because, you know, I get, you know, for as many times as at least in my viewing area, I get recognized for, uh, being on their television screens as a reporter and an anchor, you know, I get recognized out in the Pittsburgh area and here in my coverage area for being the MC. And it's, it's fun because, you know, it's, it's nice to know that you're going to, that you are leaving a a staple on those people. Cause I mean, I can, I can tell you it's not a pirates game. It's, it's not a familiar setting for bait for like professional sports fans, especially in the Pittsburgh area. Mm -hmm. So Every time we get audiences, I have to take the mindset of what can I do to stay in their minds? Mm-hmm. And what can I do to make them say, you know what? I'd go back there. I'd go back. That was, that was a really fun night. I'd go back there. And I think we get that a lot. And it's, it's cool when, to hear that when that's the case. So I take that challenge personally and I, cha- and I take it and, I'm, and I go and I say, what can I do today to make somebody smile? What can I do today to make somebody say, huh? and remember it because I don't think they're going to remember the players. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know if they're going to remember, you know, the teams that they were playing, Mm -hmm. what are they going to remember? And I, and I take it personally to try and make it myself. And at the same time, it betters myself because none of my content there is scripted. So everything I say is they tell me, they're like, Hey, plug this sponsor, tell them how to play the game and go. And I say, okay. And you know, it's, it makes me better as a communicator that much more. That's why I do it. You know, I, I do it kind of on the side now from, for, because of the, the uh, WTOV um, having the number one priority as they definitely should, but, you know, doing it on the side still is very helpful because any chance I get to, to be a communicator, I, I take it. Now let's, let's dive into to TOV. Because again, this Waynesburg pipeline doesn't just extend to the Pittsburgh area. The, there's a there's a whole group of you in Steuben sitting there in Steubenville doing your thing. Um, how do what is your day to day like with Channel Nine? You know, it's it's crazy, um, but it's a good kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the kind of crazy that I was meant for. I like to think. Uh, you know, it can go from. All right, we have this press conference at ten. This. Uh, 
fundraiser at one and this at, at two and you work a 9.45 to 6.15 shift, you got all your ducks in a row, you do them, you report them, you write them, stories get run on the night shows and you're done. And that's just a very easy day. Then you have your days where you go in and on a random Tuesday in December or like February when nothing's going on and it's cold out and nobody's doing anything where you have to use your contacts and your people, you know, in the areas that you work in to say, okay, what stories can I make? What, what do people care about and start and make from scratch? It's, it presents new challenges every day, whether it's, how am I going to tell the story I'm going to tell today to what story am I going to tell in the first place today to how can I, you know, keep the same personality and energy each day. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do something so much for so much time, like if you do something every day for like, in my case, over a little over a year, and for some of my co- co-workers cases, three, five, nine years, you know, in Bill Phillips's case, I think it's like 40 years. You do something like that for that long. Yeah. It, it can, I find a challenge in trying to keep the same attitude, um, charisma level, stamina. And it's not because it's a bad job. Far yeah. from it. What it is, it's just the repetition of it. Mm-hmm. That can maybe sometimes wear people down. So I try not to let that get to me. Um, the whole storytelling aspect and telling different stories every day is, is a fun challenge. It's an, not an easy one, but it's, I think it's fun. And I think I, I get through it rather easily. And, you know, it's, there's, there's just different, t- the job presents different challenges every day, which can be interesting and can also be a challenge for sure. But uh, yeah, that's just, it's, it's a job that I've really come, not come around to. It's a job that I didn't know what to expect when I came in. And now that I know what I have to do, I have a, I have such an appreciation for all the aspects instead of trying to adjust to them, the adjustment period mm. of just getting hired. You know what I mean? So now I have a real big adjustment or a, a real big um, appreciation for the job and all the aspects that come to it. So in this year, I'm, uh, what would you say, what's the story that stands out? Like when you think of, Oh, wow, that was a fun one or it was weird or it was, it just sticks out in your brain. What's the, what's the story you covered that's just that one. For the first year, for the first year. So it, there's, it's funny because, you know, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people can answer it as easily as I can, but it was a day in a, either October might've been September, but it was, it was in the fall of, of last year. So I had still pretty green, pretty new. Um, my camera guy who I work out of the bureau office with for the most part in Belmont County, Ohio, um, he was out for the day for doing something else. So I was on my own, just, mm-hmm. you know, running my own camera, doing whatever. And I get a call from my web editor and he says, Hey, we got this press release from this, the Monroe County, which is the County over from Belmont. We got a, a press release from the Monroe County Sheriff about this guy that was naked trying to break into homes and fought police with a homemade spear. And I just, I almost fell out of the car. (laughs) I I was just flabbergasted by the description. So I said, okay, do you want me to go to the Monroe County Sheriff's office and try to get sound on it? And they're like, yeah. So I said, okay. So I go to the Sheriff's office, drive about an hour and nobody's there. And so we have this press release. I have all the, the, 
the actual information, mm-hmm. but you, you need, you want sound to tell the story. You, you, you don't want to just read off the press release. So I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I need video too. I need B-roll. I need video of something. Yeah. So I find the streets where this guy was running around and I'm just shooting road signs and the roads, but I have no idea where this guy actually was. They just have the road names and these roads are long. And so I have no idea what houses he was trying to break into, where the incident with the police with the spear happened. I have no idea about any of this. So I'm like pretty lost in the dark. I'm just trying to like collect some bearings and maybe try to make something out of it for, for that day. So I'm shooting off the side of the road. I'm, sh- I'm shooting the one road down the line and this house next to me guy comes out and he goes, did you hear about the guy from last night trying to break into houses? And I said, yeah, that's, that's exactly why I'm out here. Yeah. He got my window right there of the three houses. He broke, tried breaking into that night or two or three, whatever. Of course I found the, I just happened to stumble upon the one that one guy <laughs> tried to break into. And I said, sir, I mean, it, it's kind of a personal situation, but, do you want to tell me about it? Your, your perspective. And he goes, absolutely. I can. So this guy did an interview with me and, and described the story really well. And it was just, an, <laughs> you know, the story ended up being very good because I mean, like it was told well, because that guy was able to say, you know, yeah, he tried breaking in twice and my dog got up and I thought somebody had shot something or, and then the next thing I know, all these cop cars or there's all this commotion outside and, it just turned out to be a really good story because I stumbled upon the one guy right after not knowing any addresses. And, you know, I led, you know, that story led the shows that day. And that was the, or, <laughs> excuse me, that was the one story where I was like, all right, that, that was interesting, but cool. <laughs> so that was the one story where I was just, that'll always stick in the, in my mind of first year reporting. Naked guy wielding the spear. That's that's homemade <laughs> spear, nonetheless. Homemade spear. That's the homemade spear. Yeah. So, so you don't get that. Every, you don't get that story every day. The last question I want to ask you, and it's for you know, okay. you are you're a year in now, and there are a lot of people that come up through the ranks that they're trying to do the same thing. What's the advice? What's the advice from a guy that's one year in that went through school and now you're living out that process? So I. I can't give advice, at least much advice on the aspect of how to go about things in the industry and how to, how to, you know, be your own character and be your own self or whatnot. Cause I'm, I mean, I think I'm still trying to figure that out myself at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I think I can relay to whoever would be listening or watching to the, the is wondering if they're fit for this. Um, you know, at least at, at Waynesburg, they, they always told us they're, they're saying, you know, the jobs are out there. You got to go find them. You got to be willing to, to do, take the extra step, do the extra work. It'll pay off, but you got to be willing to do it. And I've, I've taken that mindset and I still do. And it's, and it's, it's worked out tremendously for me. I'd like to think up until this point, but, and I'm lucky enough to say that, you know, I'm only an hour and a half from where I grew up mm-hmm. now in Steubenville and, and I'm still only. 40 minutes from Pittsburgh and that's like my hometown city or whatever, but you know, not everybody's that fortunate, but the thing about it is, is that, you know, they tell you about the jobs itself. They tell you about the industry itself at at college and just connections you make through the industry. What I think 
people don't talk about enough, how personal life overlaps with that. And this with media specifically, media jobs, how your personal life really overlaps with that and how far are you willing to go for your own path to, to really like, you say, oh, I wanna to go to Atlanta. I wanna to go to New York. I wanna work at ESPN. I wanna do this. Sure, we all do, but what are you willing to sacrifice for that? And that's a big thing. That's something I'm still like, I go back and forth with in my own head all the time. Mm. And, you know, so I think the biggest piece of advice, maybe if I could put it in like a, a, a phrase or whatever is, um, you know, your path is your path. So don't think you have to go from market size 158 to 120 to 80 to 50 to top 25. Don't think it's just that easy because A, it's not. And B, you don't know who you're going to meet, how they're going to impact you and what's going to make you happy because you don't know, like if you work in market size 158, if you have a family, you get paid enough and, and that's, and that does it for you. Why would you change it? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have, that I've found at my station or others that are like that. And it's, it, it was an interesting little nugget to kind of take in when I first started working in television as an on-air personality was pe there are people like that. And it's not a bad thing, you know, because you, because you don't like, I think maybe some people might think, well, this guy or girl is in their fifties and they're still working at market size 155 or 158 or whatever that, oh, they must not, have, must not have been that good to make it to whatever. Not even the case at all. Not, not, not even close to it. They could have a family. They could have close friends and relatives. They don't want to leave. And this is just what they want to do. And they're doing it on a small scale. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, it's, it, and so I think, you know, don't. Don't have limit just have, to the numbers. Exactly. Have the ambition to, to, be, and have the willingness to go where you need to go. If you want to be successful in, in media, I I'd like to think I do. And a lot of my colleagues do it from Waynesburg and such, but, you know, also don't think that you don't, you know, the top isn't just the top of the industry isn't market size five. The top of the industry is where you're happiest. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something I'm always going to have to carry and keep in my mind when I, as I go on throughout my career, wherever that may go. Well, and, and, you know, for me, I wish you the best of luck wherever your career takes you. As I said to Jack and Jeremiah, I wish all three of you the best as you kind of step-by-step in this industry. Um, I want to say I thank you for, for stopping by and taking time with us for, for the, the walk down your, your career and how, how it's, how it, we got to this point. Um, for those of you at home or just listening, and I know I say this every week, but I, I just need to remind you, if you're listening right now and you haven't heard anything else, go back to the beginning because we're, we're about to end it. So you're, you're not going to really hear anything. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartMusic, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. On Instagram is the only, Instagram is the only one that's different. You would have, you have to type in, uh, it's dingo underscore talk, not just dingo talk, everything else. You can find dingo talk. I am Carlo Guadagnino, Ed Diorio, WTOV Channel 9 in Steubenville. Uh, this has been Dingo Talk, and we will see you next week, Chuckleheads.